Shabbat Shalom. How's everybody doing? Some parashas are just more fun than others, and this one was a whole lot of fun. Uh, this morning's parasha, Numbers 22, 2 through 25, 9, is entitled Balak, the name of the king of Moab, who attempted to hire Bil'am, Balaam, the seer, to come and curse Israel. I've entitled our little study this morning, The Blind Seer. It had become evident that God was giving Israel victory after victory over the nations adjacent to Canaan. Well, fearing the same fate for his country, Balak sends a delegation to Balaam with an offer to pay him handsomely if he'll just come and invoke a curse on Israel. Balaam was neither a good prophet nor a non-prophet. At first, he declines. Uh, but when the offer is repeated and the financial incentive increased, he is seduced by the prospect of great riches. His no became yes. Adonai allows him to go with Balak's representatives, but sternly warns him to only speak the words God will give him. What happens next on Balaam's journey to meet up with Balak is truly one of the most humorous and yet bizarre events recorded in Scripture. An angel of the Lord appears, but only Balaam's donkey can see him. The seer doesn't see. He's oblivious to the peril that's right before him. And the donkey keeps trying to move out of the angel's path, which Balaam, not understanding at all, takes, to, takes it to be a rebellious streak in the animal and strikes her twice. Finally, the angel has them blocked in a narrow place, and there's nowhere to turn, and all the donkey can do is lie down right there. Balaam is now furious and starts beating the poor thing, at which point the donkey opens its mouth and talks to him, probably not in Eddie Murphy's voice. The donkey, poor thing, she says, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And it doesn't seem to register with Balaam how weird it is that his donkey is talking to him in fluent Aramaic because he's now answering back. Well, finally, Adonai opens Balaam's eyes to see the powerful and threatening angel who then tells him that his donkey saved his tuchus. If you don't know what tuchus means, think of the other word for donkey. The warning is repeated that the seer is only to speak the words that Adonai gives him. Well, at last they arrive at the meeting place, overlooking the camp of Israel. But things don't go the way Balak had hoped. Every time Balaam opened his mouth, instead of a curse, a blessing came out for Israel. And Balak was furious. And this kept happening. In fact, one of those blessings found in chapter 24, verses 16 and 17, proved to be a great messianic prophecy 
and even has been made a liturgical songs in our synagogues to this day, Matovu. Balaam put on a veneer of piety, you know, saying that to Balak he could only speak the words that the Lord put in his mouth, but we know that he was corrupt to the core. Meanwhile, after this keeps happening, blessing instead of curse, Balak is beside himself with anger. And when that strategy fell apart, Balaam suggested that the best way to get Israel cursed would be to entice the Israeli people to sin against Adonai, thus inviting his judgment on themselves. And so in chapter 25, the Moabites of Peor send their most beautiful girls to entice the Israeli men into coming to one of their sacrifices, sacrifices which were highly sexual in nature. Israel engaged in pagan religious rites and fornication, and God sent a plague. It was only through the zeal of Pinchas, the grandson of Aaron, putting Zimri and Cosby to death, the two who had flaunted their sin in front of the nation, that the plague was stopped, but not before 24,000 people of Israel died. For his treachery, Balaam is recorded in scripture with disgrace, not only here, but also in Deuteronomy, in Joshua, and in the new covenant books of 2 Peter and Jude. He will, for all time, be remembered as an example of greed and deception. So here are a few lessons we can take from Parashah Balak. Number one, As Rabbi Paul said, the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And what good is it if you gain the whole world, Yeshua said, and lose your soul? Next, God has blessed the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in a covenant. If you, like Balak, try to stand in opposition or to harm those whom God has blessed, you are asking for a cosmic level curse upon yourself. Third, God doesn't waffle on his decisions. He doesn't break his agreements. Be an imitator of him. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no, and let it remain that way. Be good to your word. Fourth, it took a talking donkey to get Balaam's attention. Hopefully the scriptures are sufficient for him to get your attention. Fifth, despite the fact that the main character appears to be Balaam, the parasha is called Balak. Balaam would not even so much as have his name be put on the parasha. That wicked seer is enshrined for all eternity in infamy. File that under what kind of legacy will I leave And how will I be remembered? So let me sum up the parasha by reminding us that God promised to give our people the land of Canaan, and he made good on that promise. But we broke covenant with God repeatedly. Consequently, though our people, Israel, are back in the land today, there is no peace. There can never be peace when we are not at peace with our creator. 
May God open the eyes of our people Israel speedily and soon so that they may embrace Messiah Yeshua as their own and know the peace that transcends all understanding. Shabbat Shalom.